Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action and create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in the tech field starts right now. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Sandra O'Sullivan. Sandra is the Chief People Officer at Curriculum Associates, the makers of iReady. She has extensive experience in building teams and bringing out the best in people in high growth environments. Her passions are helping people go beyond their potential and bringing a sense of purpose and process to strategy and initiatives. Welcome to the show, Sandra. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Let's get started. So, Sandra, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Yes, yes. My career journey has definitely not been a straight line, uh, but I started in IT as a web designer uh, and um, moved on to um, doing IT project management. I was working for insurance companies, so doing fun things like mainframe replacement projects um, that were that were fairly complex and, and learned a lot through that. Um, I ended up uh, moving on to run IT for a startup, and um, and uh, that was that was really great. Um, I also um, ran a bit of product; they were a services company, um, and we started a product there. Uh, and then I, I ultimately ended up transitioning to um, running professional services and customer success for a cybersecurity company, um, where I was for eight years, uh, uh, and. Um, through all of that journey, I found that the thing that I was the most passionate about was building teams and um, honing in on finding great talent, developing great talent. Uh, and so I um, went on to become a chief people officer, um, which I've been doing for the last two years. And um, that's been great in terms of being able to bring strategy around talent to an entire organization. Um, and I've been with Curriculum Associates um, doing um, as their chief people officer for the last year plus or so. I love that chief people officer. <laughs> so what, what does a typical day look like for you in that role? <laughs> uh, well, it, it's a lot of, um, you know, looking at our overall programs and policies uh, across the organization from a talent perspective. So the entire talent life cycle from attracting people to come to the organization, to retaining them, to you know, great development, compensation um, programs, and you know, other total rewards programs uh, is, is all under this, this umbrella. Um, and at Curriculum Associates uh, in particular, um, we, have a, we have a focus on a lot of diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. So I partner closely with our chief inclusion officer uh, on that work. That's great. So does culture come into a part of what you do as well? Culture is a big piece of it. Um, and, you know, um, that is uh, curriculum associates has some um, really strong values um, and always 
what you want to make sure is that those values are coming into play day to day for the leaders, um, that it's integrated in how we make decisions and how leaders are, are um, managing their teams and managing their decisions. Uh, and so, um, so yes, that's, that's a big piece of it. And um, we have, we have values that live um, pretty vibrantly in the organization. Um, a lot of the leadership team has been there uh, for a while. So um, they were part of creating them, which creates a lot of ownership and makes sure that the, the values are, are living inside the organization. That's great. That's great. So you mentioned a little bit about um, DEI and the chief inclusion officer that you work with closely. Why is diversity, equity, and inclusion so important for organizations to embrace? Um, well, I think um, first of all, it you know, in order to create an organization where you're making the best business decisions and you're including everybody in those decisions, so you make the best business decisions, um, studies have shown and proven that uh, diversity is important in that. Um, for curriculum associates in particular, it's also a big part of the products that we put out into the world. Um, and so we create uh, assessment um, and instructional uh, digital and print products. And um, so for the students that use our products and, um, and the educators that use our products, uh, having diversity and equity inclusion as, as part of our focus is, is important. Yeah, that's great. I love that uh, it's part of your culture. It's part of your daily activities. It's something you think about all the time. And, you know, there's lots of studies, like you said, that diversity, equity, and inclusion just brings more thoughts, more diverse ideas, more richness to conversations, to products, to services. And companies have been shown to increase their bottom line by increasing diversity. More thoughts, more diverse ideas, more richness to conversations, to products, to services, and companies have been shown to increase their bottom line by increasing diversity. That's right. We very uh, intentionally embarked on, um, on three commitments coming into this past year and, and doing work around them. Um, one really focused on uh, implementing equitable hiring practices. A second one around building a culture of inclusivity, and then the third focused on delivering products and roadmaps that will drive equitable outcomes for students. So, um, so we have uh, a lot of initiatives underway um, as a result of, of focusing on those three commitments. I love that there is actual goals around it because then your focus and your attention and the awareness for the entire organization is on those and then as you achieve them you can celebrate success that's right that's right yeah great. great so during the pandemic organizations learned a lot about working remotely right yeah. <laughs> and now we are starting to come back to the office but people are not all ready to come back into the office just yet or maybe even never um, what are your thoughts of hybrid work? Because it seems like that's where organizations are going. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And then any best practices to make sure that it's successful? Absolutely, yes. Um, well, when we started examining this, you know, I, I think a lot of companies are trying to figure out it, figure it out, and we will we will see how it goes when we actually do get to implement it. 
Um, but we had a few guiding principles going into it. Um, during the pandemic, we found that we were really able to um, ramp up our, on our diversity hiring goals as a result of being able to hire people remotely. Um, there was just more flexibility. Teams that thought they had to be office-based to be successful learned that that's not, not actually the case. Uh, and so as a result of being able to open up the un entire United States for recruiting efforts, um, we've been able to, um, to hit and achieve our, our diversity hiring goals. Um, so in thinking about a return to office, um, we did not want to set up a construct where we were back in our old ways, where uh, people were sitting in a conference room and remote people couldn't really get a word in edgewise, and at least they didn't have an equitable voice in decisions that were being made. Um, and so we knew that we would have to design something that would continue the equity, like Zoom is the great equalizer. So um, how do we continue um, to create that, that equal experience for everyone? Uh, so the return to office we've designed, um, not yet implemented, but uh, at some point we'll go back, is two, to, two days a week in the office and three days a week remote. This makes sure that people continue to have to exercise that, you know, remote muscle. Um, and then we have we have um, put in place processes for when you're in the office and you're running a meeting. Uh, if there are remote participants, our expectation is that you still run that meeting via Zoom um, and that you're not setting up that that bad dynamic of, you know, the people in the office getting a louder voice. Uh, and so the design of the office has that in mind. We have, um, um, you know, set up a, an environment where we know that there will be more people running Zooms at their desk or um, in hoteling, you know, uh, hoteling offices. Uh, and um, our, that, that's how we've designed it. I think that's such a perfect design. I, I can't even tell you because we've been a remote company for many, many years. And we do training. And first of all, what you said is, uh, you know, your diversity hiring goals are achieved easier when you're looking at the U.S. as your as your territory, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. um, so you have more talent and you can hire the best talent mm -hmm. rather than hiring somebody that's local. And we had the same thing with instructors. You know, we could get the best instructor for that topic. And we didn't have to worry about them flying out and being local and, you know, all of those things. And so that helped us, you know, really get best talent for the classes that we teach. And then the second thing is the hybrid piece. We always run every class remotely, no matter even if they are present in the room, because um, the in person always has a louder voice. They always are, you know, kind of talking between themselves and the, the remote people are left, you know, behind or left not included. And, mm -hmm. and so it was very important. And I always remember this, you know, one of the biggest things was if somebody was eating a bag of chips in the, in the room and you hear all of that noise now, since then technology has changed and you can, you know, noise cancel and those types of things. But there was that, that, that collaboration that was going on in the room that kind of excluded the um, online participants. So I'm really happy to hear you say that, even the people in the office are going to use Zoom and do that remote um, workplace. So that's great.
great, yeah. great, great. I would say the other great experience, um, this is the first time that I've seen, um, so Curriculum Associates launched um, uh, employee resource groups during the pandemic. Um, so did not previously have affinity groups um, for employees inside the company. When they launched, they were all launched remotely. And that has created such an amazing community for, for everyone working remotely because they're operating on Slack or via, you know, meetings where everyone's remote. And just in past companies where I've been at and employee resource groups have formed, there's been this pressure to always have in-person meetings, um, which leaves out a whole host of employees that are working remotely. Uh, and so, so anyway, even in the structure of, of that creation, um, it's created a more inclusive environment. Yeah, I love that. Great, great, great ideas. So Sandra, being a woman in business, what challenges have you faced and how have you overcome them? Yes, well, uh, being in technology for my whole career, um, certainly I've, I've had my share of, you know, being the only woman at the table. Um, I, I will say that that's changed a lot over the course of, of my career, but it does depend on the industry. Um, so for example, uh, in you know cybersecurity, there's still quite a long ways to go um, in bringing more women in. Um, in education technology, like you know at Curriculum Associates, um, we're much further ahead. Um, and I, I think you know uh, attracting um, uh, women in technology, um, there's something about being in a mission-driven organization um, that also attracts uh, also attracts women in technology to the organization. So, um, but you know, always have more work to do uh, in that regard. And um, creating um, uh, women in leadership groups um, those have been really helpful for me. Um, just you know, there's there's different challenges uh, for women. Uh, even you know, I had. I had uh, kids later in life, and so just trying to navigate, you know, the work and little children, and uh, being able to talk to other moms was so critical for me in um, staying in the workforce uh, and staying in it at in at an executive level in the workforce. Uh, just having people to talk about it's different than talking to the dads, quite frankly. So. Um, so I try and, um, especially in my position now as, as chief people officer, I try to create um, some policies and practices that, uh, that make it um, possible and so that women continue to thrive, uh, even at, at the highest levels of the organization. And, um, but it does, it, it is a different approach, I think, than was used in the workforce, uh, you know, um, even when I started. So we're so glad for you, Sandra, because we need more women like you creating those opportunities for women to succeed in the executive levels as well as in the technology levels, you know. Um, so thank you for all that you do in that area. Um, and, you know, being the only woman at the table is a very, very common response because, you know, we have come a long way, but we're still a long way out, you know, to make that difference. Um, but I, I think what you said is, is spot on, on industries, certain industries, you know, have made more progress versus others like cybersecurity, you know, a lot of technical uh, type roles are 
need more women. And so, you know, as a training company, we have always looked to train and skill and certify women so that they we can bring more women into the technology world in the trenches, you know, because that's where we need them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Did you know that there is an increase in the number of women leaving the tech industry? As a woman-owned business, Directions Training has made it our mission and passion to change this statistic. That's why Jennifer created this podcast. We showcase insight from everyday women for everyday women in the tech industry. Do you know other people that would benefit from tuning in? Share the link and help us drive the advancement of women in the tech industry. Do you have a journey or know of someone that our listeners would benefit from hearing about? Reach out to us at directionstraining.com slash podcast. Don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and wherever you find your podcasts. Now, back to the show. So any le lessons learned, leadership skills that you can share with our listeners um, that maybe you learned from and maybe they can incorporate early on so they don't have to make the same mistakes? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have certainly learned a lot through the years. There's we so all have, there. yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I think, you know, when I first started leading um, a highly technical team, um, and, and a highly technical team that was made up of mostly men, um, you know, I, I was pretty intimidated by doing that. But I had um, a wonderful mentor and boss uh, who was also uh, a female um, who just said, you know, you what people need is they need to be empowered, they need to be supported, they need blockers moved out of the way for them, uh, and, and you can do all of that. So don't try to do what they're doing, uh, but just do what you do. And that, um, that type of messaging works really, worked really well for me in having the confidence uh, to, lead, uh, to lead teams like that. And so I think I think it's, you know, what I always try and message or where I always go with um, with women in tech is like, are you is something scaring you off? Right. And um, because I've been in that position where I've been scared or thought that I wasn't going to be good enough to do something and just hearing that, uh, no, you actually do have the skills and, and the type of feedback that I would uh, that I got in that first role where I was doing that was like, wow, this is the most comprehensive feedback that I've ever gotten from a manager in my entire career, or um, you spend more time, you know, making sure that uh, the teams are working well together than any manager I've ever seen. So, um, so it's that it's, it's understanding that there's so many different ways to provide value as a leader and, uh, and that you go to your strengths, like don't, don't, don't go, don't, don't get, don't succumb uh, to your weaknesses. That's great advice. That is really great advice. A few things that you touched on was, you know, be confident, build your confidence. It's so important. But I think having a mentor and a role model is also just as critical, somebody that can lift you up. Um, and that helps you, you know, kind of feel more confident because now somebody else believes in you. And then uh, remove the fear because fear gets us to make decisions that are not always the right decisions. We need to make the right decisions based on facts and not fear. So I love that. And then the only other thing I would add is to surround yourself with the network of women um, and even men uh, that 
can lift you up, that can believe in you, be champions for you, because that builds the confidence. Because women really, you know, when they have something that they've never done before, are really fearful to jump into it with both feet. So you need that champions club behind you to be able to move you up. That's right. That's right. And I think um, you touch on something too really interesting. I think, you know, there's such a strong role for men to play in, in advocating for women in tech um, and, uh, you know, elevating women's voices because sometimes um, the dynamic does happen where, you know, a, a woman's idea isn't heard in the room, um, uh, but then someone else says it and it is heard, right? So definitely had the, the, um, the situation, that situation happen and, um, and there's sometimes men in the room who'll say, oh, you know what, that was Sandra's idea, right? And, um, and so I love that um, when, you know, where, where men will step up and, and help elevate the women in the room. Yes, and we need them. You know, we're not going to get there without them. So we need them. And we actually on the podcast just started a, a new segment that says mentors that make a difference. And it's men, M-E-N for mentors um, that, you know, are now contributing to the podcast and becoming allies for women and supporting them and building their confidence so that they can grow in this area. So really excited about, you know, growing our network to include men that will take us there. Yes, that's excellent. That's great. That's great. Um, so now for something fun. I love this question because I learned so much about places that I need to add to my bucket list. <laughs> so what is one of your most favorite places that you've traveled to and why? Oh, such a good question. And I miss travel. So I'm, <laughs> I love thinking about all the places that I've traveled. I know, I miss it too. <laughs> um, let me see. I think that, uh, I think that uh, my favorite place that I traveled to, and I also, uh, I also lived for a time after college was Alaska. And I lived in Sitka, Alaska, um, which is an island of 9,000 people in Southeast Alaska. And it was um, so different than what I had grown up with in the suburbs of Boston. Um, and um, Sitka is actually a very large community. It's, you know, it's two hospitals, uh, you know, university. It, it services a lot of the Southeast islands that are around it. Um, and so um, I learned so much about um, living in a more remote uh, location, how critical, you know, just basic services are in places like that. Um, and then there's just nothing like just the untouched beauty that is uh, that is Alaska, um, you know, between the wildlife and the kayaking and the hiking. It was um, truly, truly paradise. That is amazing. It just sounds so serene and so peaceful, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so how long did you live in Alaska? And how would you compare the differences between, you know, Boston and Alaska? I mean, big differences, right? <laughs> yeah. So how did you, like, you know, once you're in Boston, you're a different person because you're doing so much. And then you go there and then you're in a different world, it seems like. How is the adjustment, what would you say are the biggest um, adjustments that you had to make between the two? Uh, 
Yeah. So I, I think I, well, I lived there for two years. I did uh, a volunteer program there, um, uh, working, doing some um, drug and alcohol counseling, uh, you know, just as service work after college. And, uh, and the biggest adjustment was, you know, not everything's at your fingertips, right? Like you can't just go get whatever you want because it's available to you. Right. And so, um, so you, you take a step back and value things a little bit more, I think. Um, uh, and life feels a little simpler, um, meaning uh, you're not like I wasn't always on the go. Um, there wasn't always endless uh, activities available. Right. Uh, and um, and then adjusting back, I think, for me, was very much about how do I retain some of that um because some of that's good, right? Some of that uh, ability to uh, be in a in a calmer, more uh, thoughtful, intentional space, um, rather than the busy lives um, when there's when there's so much surrounding you and so much to do. Yeah, I think a combination of both are great. I I need some of that peace, mm-hmm. and then I need also the activities. So right. it's nice to have that getaway. Uh, for a little bit to just kind of unplug and have some thinking time, because sometimes I feel like I don't have have the thinking time that I need, you know? That's right. Yeah, no, that's great. I love that. So what closing comments or advice do you have for our listeners? Uh, Well, I think uh, one of the biggest pieces advice a uh, piece of advice that I get asked, um, particularly by women who are just starting their careers in tech or maybe are uh, a little bit mid-career, is that um, you're, you you don't have to take a straight line. Uh, trying different things and building your skills in all areas, um, whether they be, you know, the technical skill set or the, uh, the more, you know, people management skill set, whatever it is, uh, is going to serve you well. Uh, because ultimately, uh, all every experience teaches you something and every experience challenges you in a way. And it's putting all of those things together um, to be in a career where you're you feel like you're thriving and you're contributing and you're helping other people. Uh, and so it it doesn't have to be so linear uh, is is probably the biggest piece of advice. Um, don't be afraid to try something new. Don't think if you veer off the path, you can't go back. Um, it's not about that. It's just about accumulating skills and being in a place where you're, you know, supported and can thrive. That is great advice. Um, so important to to feel the importance of not being so afraid of failing because with failing comes success, right? You have to, you have to crawl and fall and before you, you walk, before you run, you know, I mean, so definitely great advice. Well, Sandra, this was such a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. I am. Thank you for listening to tech in the right direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end-user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, 
Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.